What's up, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. Super excited to be joined by fellow Vermont strength coach, now uh, director of education and the head strength coach with the National Strength and Conditioning Association. That's the NSCA, uh, the people behind the CSCS for those that maybe live under a rock and didn't know that. Uh, But his name is Scott Caulfield, and I'm super excited to have Scott on the podcast. Um, He took some time out on a Thursday afternoon um, helping navigate the time difference between Mountain Standard Time and Eastern Standard Time to have this great episode done. Um, We talk about some awesome things with the NSCA and what they've kind of done to evolve over the last couple of years. It really is a good conversation, um, and I'm excited to share it with you guys. So without further ado, Scott Caulfield of the NSCA. Scott Caulfield. I am the head strength and conditioning coach at the National Strength and Conditioning Association in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, my job is supervising our 6,000 square foot facility where we train athletes, uh, everybody from collegiate and high school to police, fire, military to uh, Olympic teams. We've actually trained, trained the Chinese national team for short track speed skating uh, and anyone under the sun, uh, as well as kind of anything that you would see the NSCA do for strength and conditioning coaches. So chances are, if there's some sort of uh, content or, or educational service or event that we put out that has to do with strength and conditioning coaches, I have some sort of part of it. That's awesome. That is, you've definitely given that elevator speech uh, before, because that was definitely <laughs> dialed in, which is nice. Um, that's awesome. So uh, for those that are maybe tuning in, um, the Three Things podcast is geared around three uh, questions that I'm going to ask Scott. Scott is so gracious because he does not know any of the things that I'm going to ask him. So I always like to give my, my guests uh, some props there for coming on completely like blind to all of this. Um, and yeah, then we'll finish with the speed round, which is my favorite part. It's like it's made basically the whole point of the podcast is just to get through three things and get right to the speed round because that's nice. hands down <laughs> the most fun. Um, so Scott, I want to start with this cause you're a Northeast guy. I don't, are you from Vermont? I am. I've been in Vermont, uh, pretty much since I was in second grade. So it's awesome. So you're a Vermonter, yeah. you're in Vermonter yeah. at heart. Um, and so this is something that I've heard as also as a Vermonter is a lot of people are like, man, like Vermont, like there's not a lot going on. It's the, the opportunities are kind of like low and, and I know guys like Adrian Geyer have like created huge opportunities. Guys like Justin Smith at UVM are doing a great thing. Ian Marquis, a guy I work with at St. Mike's, and he's doing his thing here. And um, I wanted you to kind of highlight your career a little bit because you started in Vermont. You worked with you know places like the Frost Heaves, like shout out to the Vermont Professional Basketball League that was in <laughs> was around back in the day. And now you're at the NSCA, and and just kind of how is like each step you've been at kind of progressed you going forward in your career. Yeah, well, I mean, I 100% believe that, you know, you, you got to make the best of every opportunity you have. So, yeah, if, you, if you're the kind of person that sits back and says, man, you know, there's nothing here in Vermont and I'm just stuck, like, I mean, that's your, if you're going to have that attitude, you're probably not going to make it very long in the strength and conditioning personal training world. Um, 
so yeah i mean you know the frost thieves that you mentioned is a great story because so i was working uh you know i got out of my undergrad at castleton and it was a physical education non-teaching degree so a little bit more i took fitness center management and some nutrition and um, more pedagogy and stuff like that but I had been coaching basketball all my life too and so this fitness stuff kind of just came naturally um, but I was working at a club there and I actually read about the Frost Thieves where you know this American Basketball Association team was going to come to Central Vermont and as soon as I read that I was like I knew they were going to be playing in Barry and Burlington that's where we had one of our gyms and I'm like all right how do I become the strength coach for this team that was my that was as soon as I found out, I said, this is what I'm going to do. And I just started researching. I tried to find people. I realized that they named the general managers and like head front office people first, reached out to them. I said, this is who I am, where I work. We've got a gym here. You're going to be training. You know, this is one of your hometowns, blah, blah, blah. And one thing led to another. And I ended up uh, getting hired before the head coach did. And I was the direct strength coach and director of basketball camp. So I ran all their summer camps too. But I mean, you know, if I had just sat around waiting for that to happen, I never would have had anything in it. Um, and I think that's a, you know, being proactive is kind of a, a been a same kind of uh, common theme in my career. So I uh, moved from there down to the River Valley Club in Lebanon, New Hampshire, which is a really successful place. Uh, personal training is fantastic. I think they do about $2 million a year in personal training down there with, a, you know, uh, not that many members um, and they had a sports performance center and again once I was there I wanted to train more higher level athletes and so I started volunteering at Dartmouth College and helped out there for an entire year before I started getting hired on with football with men's women swimming with rugby and that kind of grew um, and NSCA has always been kind of uh, you know it's a volunteer based organization everything you know the, the NSCA really truly runs because of the members and people like Justin Smith, who's now the Vermont State Director, um, which I was before him, and Paul Goodman, who's now with the Blackhawks, was before I was. You know, you kind of get involved at grassroots level and just network and meet other people, and you get to be on, apply for committees and kind of be more involved. But I had been out to visit Colorado, and I was at a point in my career where I could just pull up and leave. And uh, you know, I put the feelers out and was just like, hey, I'd love to come out there and um in you know january or a little before so late 2010 uh, a couple of people had reached out hey we might have some positions open you should apply um, and i ended up going out there to work at the nsca um, as an education coordinator sitting in a, in a cube in the back education department not coaching the whole time uh <laughs> and making less than i was making it at dartmouth and rvc so it was a big jump uh but it's it paid off, you know, tenfold to be uh, now where I'm doing all kinds of stuff, you know, truly trying to help grow the profession and help strengthen conditioning coaches. That's awesome. That's because, um, you know, it's, it's always been, it's been nice to kind of follow your career as a guy in Northern Vermont who people kind of poo poo on and be like, well, you know, like it is what you make it. And um, you know, it is what you put into it, which I think is, is basically the epitome of strength conditioning and what, what the weight room is in general. So you get what you put in. So um, what would you say is your best career advice for an up-and-coming strength conditioning coach? Uh, you know, you have to get experience. So um, however, whatever that looks like, you know, whether it's internships or volunteering, 
Um, I think that's critical. I mean, you know, I took a little bit different path in that I was a little bit older. I had been in the military. Um, but like, I mean, I was still, you know, when I think back about it, like I was at the, at the times that I was volunteering at Dartmouth and then coaching there, uh, I was, I was volunteering when I was 37 years old. So, you know, if I think that I didn't even know at those times and when I was going through undergrad that, that there were internships and things like that. So, you know, having the, the ability to access this information now as a young person coming up and of course you have to have education and certification, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, the main thing that I think that people are going to be lacking is going to be experience and you can get that, you know, find a great, find a mentor, find someone that you look up to and that will help, you grow, not just, you know, not just show you how to clean the weights, but help yeah. you grow, teach you, <laughs> you know, educate you, you know, and there, and there's time and places for those internships too. I mean, that, that might just be uh, something that you encounter in your life, you know, and again, everybody, you know, what is it that, you know, every person is a, is our teacher. Some people teach us how to act and some people teach us how not to act. So, yeah. Uh, I think the experience part is invaluable though. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Um, and you kind of touched on this, this is kind of moving, segueing into the, the second thing here. Um, like, and we talked a little bit about it before the record button was pushed, but kind of where strength conditioning is going and how you have a hand in like all of the stuff that the NSCA is putting out. And, and it's been a lot over the last, I mean, I've really noticed over the last like 18 months, but where do you think, strength conditioning as an industry is going or what what have you kind of noticed is kind of like like whether it be technology or is it psychology or where do you think strength conditioning is kind of like putting feelers into other areas that that maybe have just kind of shown up over the last you know one to two years yeah i mean i think like say technology is huge and and just the amount of um sports science in the United States, even though, you know, sports science is a term that's been around forever, but seeing how the evolution of those positions now is becoming so critical in pro sports, it's in, you know, all the major division one and even two, maybe somewhere, some places, collegiate sports, uh, private facilities. So that is a huge part in, in a way to diversify yourself, to learn as much as you can about that. Um, you know, from our side, I think as an organization, I think that we're doing a better job advocating for our members and providing more resources. And that, that's always been a big thing of why I came to work here when you talked about the why before too. Uh, as a member back in the early 2000s, you know, if, if you didn't read the journals, you might not really see the value in having a membership. Um, and now I feel like the amount of resources that you get for being a member beyond having four peer reviewed journals, um, you know, hundreds, literally probably over 500 conference videos, uh, articles on the website, all these other resources, CEU opportunities, um, the actual resources of being an NSCA member are becoming more and more high school toolkit that we've come up with to help people kind of um, propose positions in a high school setting. We're coming out with a college toolkit next and some great resources that are gonna help college coaches in their setting, whether that's with administrators or just to do their job better. Um, professional is always there. We have a great relationship, Major League Baseball. Um, they require the CSCS. NBA is the same. They have it in the collective bargaining agreement. Um, we're working closely with the NFL now and, 
and you know in talking a lot with the NHL so uh, you know where's it going the the recognition of the level of professionalism you have to have to be a strength and conditioning coach is getting greater and greater so that's a big one and I think you know the more that grows and again we'll still see you know there's always the ones you see well this guy's making seven hundred thousand dollars you know and that's certainly an anomaly um, but you know at the same time the more that you see these other really great strength coaches working with all these high-level teams and you know they show that these people you know have master's degrees and are going through multiple education courses you know that's that's the big part yeah yeah that's awesome that's um you know as someone who has taken advantage of those resources especially at the high school level where i am now like those that's something that like it just really kind of like sparked me like wow like this is having been a member for almost a decade now like the last three years it's been like a hub like the nsca has become like the hub of, of information and and almost networking with other coaches in the area or in in the northeast especially has been huge um tons of state clinics and i mean every year it's like justin smith puts on i think one of the best continuing education events that i go to and it's it's been great you always fly out for that too so i know it's got to be pretty yeah, I've good been, i've been i gotta take a year <laughs> off here but uh i told him to get you on there so i think I'm, hey, i year, think right? i am yeah i think i am right. which is gonna be awesome i know he's super busy with with hockey and basketball and everything at uvm right now but yeah i'm tentatively slated to be on there for the first year i'm pretty pumped um, right, so maybe i'll just come be a spectator this year yeah I'll, I'll maybe we'll we'll, um, we'll maybe record it or something i would love to i, I definitely will probably record it on a personal level just because i like to see how i, I look on on yeah. camera present and stuff like that but um i'll send it out to you for sure scott i'll send it out <laughs> <laughs> um so this is something i actually talked with ryan garrow about i think you might know ryan another uh, vermont strength coach he's with um the mmu ski academy now um and as far as like going back to school, you, I believe I've completed your master's or is it doc? I don't know if it's doctor. Don't sorry if I'm, I'm saying this wrong, but uh, yeah. at uh, Denver, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what, what's something as far as like a lesson you learned, like going back to school, um, you know, something that's always been on my mind, but I, I love talking to people about it, but what's something that you've learned, um, you know, when you were at Denver and, and just kind of like being in the classroom again? Yeah, it was super cool. I mean, I gra I graduated from Castleton in 2000, and I graduated with my master's from Denver uh, in 2017. So I went back to school in 2015, graduated in 2017. Uh, it was awesome. I, I can't say enough about it. Um, it was it's a, it's an online program in sport coaching, the Master of Arts in Sport Coaching. Um, it was very much the um, it's the socio-psychological aspect of coaching. And so, you know, I didn't think that I needed um, another exercise science related degree at this point. And I, it would have to be something that I was going to be super interested in and be able to be passionate about and put my full efforts into. And, you know, the sport coaching master just, I, there was so many courses and stuff, whether it was uh, sports psychology or um, different kind of reflections and psychology type stuff that we were doing in this program that made it super applicable to what I was doing as a coach in the weight room and throughout my interactions with people. So, you know, I think that was a huge part for me is it just was a 
it seemed like it would help me more too at this point and be a really good aspect um, to help me get better at what I do. It's, it's almost a graduate fellowship at Merrimack. Um, they run a great program there on the strength and conditioning front. He said like the same thing. It's like, it's just, it's such a nice complimentary piece of, of what he knew and going in with the perspective of having like, you know, a career kind of started under his belt. It's been huge. And I think like you just talked about like the professionalism of being a strength coach and how important that's becoming, um, you know, especially when you're working for such high level organizations at the college level or professional level, it's, it's huge. Um, and when the guy who works with, you know, the organization that helps all the other guys uh, is doing it definitely sets a tone. Um, it's the importance going yeah. forward as well. And for me too, you know, I have uh, nine interns a year that would come through here and I was telling all of them that they need to have a master's degree. It was hard to, uh, <laughs> to sleep at night when I was hit, when I was beating that drum and not having mine. So I, uh, I was definitely, that had to be part of it, you know, <laughs> for sure. What would you, what would you recommend? Like, so as far as like master, say like you come out of you know, undergrad with an exercise science degree. What do you recommend someone like say they wanted to go right to a master's program? What would you say like should be like programs they should look at or or curriculum based objectives they should maybe look to complement what their undergraduate was? Yeah, I mean, I think looking at GA positions are certainly mm -hmm. a great way to go because you can get that coaching experience and the education at the same time. So that's mm -hmm. certainly a huge aspect. But I would also I mean, like we said, there's a lot of different um, kind of areas of strength and conditioning that are becoming um, kind of more specialized, you know, whether that's sports science, whether that's sports nutrition, sports psychology. I think there's a lot of ways that if you have your bachelor's in exercise science, you know, you can kind of diversify yourself even more with a master's degree that complements that. Um, so I think looking at a few programs, seeing what fits best for you, is it something that you can, where you can, you know, go there and coach as well? Is it something where you have the opportunity to get to start working uh, and get experience that way and be able to make money and do your program maybe in an online format? I mean, I think that's made a, you know, really huge asset to coaches because, you know, a lot of us need to work and don't have the time to just take off and go straight students. Although, yeah. Probably if I had to do it over again, I probably would have jumped right into that master's degree or certainly I would have tried to get a GA position at that time. Yeah, that's always something. It's the opportunities now. It's I mean, I've only been out of college for eight years now. Um, and like the opportunities that these students have, whether it be in different athletic training programs, um, you know, evolving sports psych. Obviously, I don't think there's a weight room in, in North America that would turn down free help. Um, right. you know, just these opportunities to get involved. It's, it's awesome. Um, and having not really known about those opportunities or, or really, um, was at a small D3 school where there really weren't a lot of opportunity. It was, it was, uh, it's cool. So it's really cool what, what people have now. Okay. It's time speed round Scott right. Caulfield. This is, I mean, I get giddy for this. Like, this is the best <laughs> I sit here. So like, I have like my notes, I have like the three things and like, it's like, it's kind of like, it's like a mullet, you know, like it's like business in the front, like, okay, we got the business done. Um, now it's party in the back. It's the speed round, the mullet of the three things podcast. We're going to start. Oh, well, let me preface it. 
These can be as short answer as you need. So yes, like yes or no, or if you want to elaborate a little bit, you totally can. Um, what is your favorite pair of shoes? Because you are a low key sneakerhead. Hell yeah. Uh, definitely my Jordan retro ones by far. Do you, how many pairs of shoes are at your desk right now? <laughs> I have, uh, <laughs> as he looks back to look at them all. There, there are five sitting here and then there's a pair of, uh, weightlifting Nike Romaleos in my amazing, desk. amazing, <laughs> amazing. All right. Nike or Jordan retro ones, um, Colorado mountains or Vermont mountains. Oh man, I, I'm, uh, I'm sold. Uh, Colorado is I tell people that Vermont is a, is just a smaller version of Colorado. And, Much smaller. Uh, it's great. It's a great starter, but when you come to Colorado, it's tough to leave. <laughs> yeah. It's the stuff that I see, you follow, obviously following on social media, like whether it be snow uh, one weekend or sand the next weekend, it's so crazy. The climate in Colorado, it's such yeah. a perfect like outdoor. I mean, you're coming from like an outdoor state going to like the, the varsity outdoor state, so to speak. Right, right. <laughs> Didn't know. I mean, maybe you're not as much of Vermonter as I thought. I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, Colorado mountains. Yeah, all right. Um, are you the real Dr. Jack? <laughs> I am. I'm the original. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was given that uh, nickname by my good buddy, Aaron Osmus of the pen and paper strength app. And so I try and live up to it on a regular basis. You know, I feel like now that he's given that to me too, I really have not been able to slack off in the past couple of years. So it's, it's, a, uh, it's a high honor along with that. <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast, you have no idea what that is referenced to. You need to go to Instagram and look up the pen and paper strength app. It is, uh, it's, they're pretty funny. It's, uh, it's, and I mean, the workouts are absolutely brutal. If you follow like dead Sember or, or the squat over yeah. like these, these, you will, you will become the next Dr. Jack if you follow these programs. Yeah. Anybody can be Dr. Jack. Yeah. Follow the hashtag. Uh, there's only uh, one. There's only everything. one. <laughs> <laughs> what is the favorite weight room? So this is a two-part question. What is the, your favorite weight room that you've seen? And then what is your favorite weight room that you've trained at? Okay. Oh, man. Let's see. Favorite weight room that I've seen. Oh uh, man, there's been so many good ones lately that are just, they're getting bigger and better. They're crazy. Amazing. You know who has a super cool one that I just saw recently I've never been to is Wyoming. Uh, they had some really cool new stuff going in up there. Um, so I would say Wyoming is one and Michigan, the new Michigan stuff that they just built is unbelievable. It's huge, sprawling. Um, that I've actually trained in, you know, I mean, I do love my weight room here and HQ. I have to, you know, definitely love that. But, uh, you know, I think my, my heart is still back in the, uh, in the, in the twin states there at Dartmouth college down in Hanover, New Hampshire. I love that weight room. Nice. Yeah. That's, uh, it's always, it's like a two part question. Your favorite one is always like where you grew up and like where yeah. you like definitely like, cut your teeth with a barbell and then there's always like the ones that you see on like play or Sornex or these places that get outfitted with like endless budgets you're like man like that is just oh and I mean 6,000 square feet and you guys have like it's wide open with turf and you have the outdoor spot like it's it's not too shabby yourself not too hard to not too bad to have your office looking into that weight room 
how many dogs would you own if you didn't have to give them back after you foster them? <laughs> oh man, that, is a tough, <laughs> that, that would come down to yeah, like if I had if I didn't have to have any other job and I could just take care of the dogs, yeah, I I think I could probably handle like six to eight pretty easily, maybe ten. <laughs> it would be maybe wild. 10. That would be wild, man. I love the pictures you post of like, you'll get these puppies and then, and then you have your own pup and, and like the look on his face is just like, why? Yeah, the puppy <laughs> is one. A, he's the sweetest dog. He's a Australian shepherd and golden retriever mix. So his temperament is so sweet and the puppies abuse him and he just takes it. <laughs> so nice to him. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's always, it's, it's, if you guys don't follow Scott on, on social media, you definitely got to give him a follow because you'll see just how awesome Colorado is. And you will see just how crazy he is for taking in all these foster puppies. And then yeah, his, poor, his poor residential that has to deal year. with it. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. Well, good for you, man. That's, that's, um, I definitely, I have a baby at home now, but I, I think my dog would love foster puppies to play with in and out. Just, just, you know, be, she would love it. <laughs> Scott Caulfield, you just braved the three, the three things. I appreciate you making the time on a, I don't even know what day it is, a Thursday before Christmas. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. That was fun. Appreciate I'm it. I'm sure we will, uh, hopefully we'll bump into each other. I, I do at some point want to get to a coaches conference. I'm just hoping maybe New York City sometime. Like, yeah. Or Dartmouth. National, I put it up in the Northeast. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. The Northeast is tough. We've, we've made it to like Rhode Island, but I can't get them to get any farther, uh, farther so. north. So. <laughs> I'll settle for I Rhode think, Island hey. again. Yeah, I think Burlington, Vermont is a draw, man. I don't know. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Let Justin Smith know. He'll open up UVM. We'll make, a, yeah. make it a thing. I like it. I like it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. If people wanted to find more information on you and the NSCA and they live under a rock, where would you say they should go? <laughs> well, definitely, if you, if you want to know more about NSCA, go to NSCA.com. Uh, we got a new website. It's way better than it ever was. It's mobile-friendly. Check out the coaching resources page on there. There is a ton of information and, and it's getting updated more and more. We got a salary survey that we just are publishing. It'll be coming out in January. Uh, partnerships that we do with the NBA strength coaches, USA football. There's just so much coming down the pipeline. Like you said, there's been a lot kind of coming out in the past year. Uh, there's even more coming soon. Uh, myself, uh, Coach Caulfield on Instagram is probably the best way. I put the most effort into that. I'm on Twitter at Scott Caulfield and Facebook is also just my name. But uh, yeah, most of the other two just don't seem to be worth that much. So Instagram is where you'll find me most of the time. <laughs> plenty of dog pics, plenty yeah. of, uh, you can guys get some jealousy on, on all the, the snow and all the, the mountain biking that happens. But Scott, That's thank it. you so much for making time and coming on, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Hi everyone, it's Casey again. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and I wanted to ask you a huge favor. I don't ask for a lot of favors, but if you could, whatever you're listening to this podcast through, iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, if you could take a minute and just go write a review, I would really appreciate it. I don't get any bonus points or anything like that for it, but I really think it would help get the word out. And if this podcast has helped you, it might help someone else and it'll do a better job of getting that word out to who might need it.